If you have your Bibles, we're going to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7 through 12. Keep the Lazoya family in your prayers this week. Uh, Joe, Tony, and Gina, she lost her mother a few days ago, and we're praying with you. That's what the church is here for, amen? To hold up our brothers and sisters in prayer to keep them with us. So we're praying for the Lazoya family this week. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7 says, Then said I, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not. Neither hadst pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Today I'm going to speak about the cost of stopping at Sunday. The cost of stopping at Sunday. God, we're so thankful for another opportunity to be in your presence. We're so thankful for another opportunity to experience your love and your mercy and your grace. God, I pray that you'd help me today to be able to speak the word that you placed in my heart, to be able to convey the things that you put in my mind and my spirit. Help me today. Use me for your purpose. Use me for your will today. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You may be seated. Now it's funny, the timing of God, the way God works, and the things he brings you through to get you to where you're going. And it's been years that he's been dealing with me on the, the subject of worship. And the, the, the subject that I'm going to speak about today, like Dad said in that video, it's been 11 years since they've been here. And about 10 of those years I've been up here worshiping God on the platform and singing and just worshiping with everything that I have. And God began to deal with me a few years ago about this subject, this very subject of worship and where he would take me with it. And I began to get very frustrated the past two years because I know he was telling me that I needed to speak about it. And I said, God, how are you going to use me to speak about worship? I, I know I can sing. I know I, I got a voice that way. But it's going to be hard to convey my message about worship through song and through prayer. I'd pray in the prayer room every Sunday morning. I'd get, I'd get frustrated with God. And I feel like he'd slap me. And I was praying one Sunday and I said, God, if you're going to use me, then use me. But God, if I'm going to continue to be in the same place Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, then remove me. Because I don't want to be stuck in that spot in my life. I don't want to be stuck in the same rotation of life. I said, remove me. And he, it seems like right then he said, no. I'm not going to remove you because you have a better purpose. You have a better purpose. 
And I, I said, God, well, then what is it? What is it that you would have me do? And he said, stop leaving your worship at Sunday. He said, stop hanging your coat of worship as you walk out those back doors. Stop hanging it in the closet and going on about your life and leaving me at church. And it struck me and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Not me, God. That's not me. That's not who I am. And he said, yes, it is. He said, every Sunday when you worship me, you draw into the presence of God. But then when you walk out those doors, you hang up your cloak of worship. And you go on about your week, what you want to do, your job, your family, your career, whatever it may be. It's, a not, it's not about me anymore. It's about your will. So I began to study over the past few weeks. And I started to look at where worship began and where worship took us and where worship is now. And so I'm going to take you on a little journey of what was worship in the Old Testament and the Old Covenant. And I began at Genesis 1 and 1, the very beginning of the Word. And God created the heavens and earth. And He said it was good. It was very good. And then they tell us in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16, He says, at that moment of creation, everything on earth praised God. Everything on earth praised God because it was perfect. And what did he say about creation? He said it was very good. All things on earth were praising God, and he could have stopped there. That could have been it. He could have stopped because things were perfect. Things were good. Things were praising him. Thank God he did not stop just at that creation. Thank God he didn't stop there. So I began to study more. I began to continue in this journey. And I got to Genesis chapter 22, where Abraham was told by God to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. And I was amazed at the obedience of Abraham. I have a son, his name's Jackson. And if God had told me, hey, I want you to sacrifice your son. Whoa, God, that's all I have. That's my firstborn. That's, that's who's going to continue on with my legacy if I leave one. That's going to be hard. But Abraham was very obedient, and he worshiped God. And he took Isaac up the mount and prepared an altar. And he put Isaac on the altar, and he raised a knife. And as he was about to draw down the knife and take his only son, Isaac, God spoke to him and said, Stop. An angel showed up. Stop, I, stop, Abraham. You don't need to do this. Thank you for your obedience. Let me provide a ram for the sacrifice. Can you be that obedient when God asks you to do something that's going to cost you everything you have? I was amazed at the obedience of Abraham, and God honored his obedience in that moment. Then we got to Exodus when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt and they wandered in the desert for so long and Moses went up on the mount and was meeting with God and God gave Moses the commandments and as God was giving Moses the commandments God told Moses go down the mount for the people have corrupted themselves the people had grow, grew very impatient 
on waiting on God. They grew very impatient on waiting to see something from God. They grew very impatient with having to stand down at the mountain and wait for Moses to come down with a word from God. And so they convinced Aaron to take all the gold they had and build them a God that would lead them through the desert, that would lead them through the wilderness. And so they they crafted a, a golden calf and began to worship him, worship it, and give sacrifice at the altar, give sacrifice at a a false god, because they thought that's what was going to lead them, that's what was going to take them to the next level, that's what was going to take them over into the promised land. So Moses comes down the mountain, and he was very angry, for the people had corrupted themselves. He, he was very angry for the people had grew impatient with God, had grew impatient with waiting. And he called and he said, those that are for the Lord, he stood at the, the gate of the camp and he said, those that are for the Lord, come over. And a few did. And God commanded him, he said, Moses, tell them to take up their sword and slay those that are not for the Lord. Slay those that had grew impatient. Slay those that had not waited for the word of, of me, the word of God. So Moses commanded those that were for the Lord and they took the life of about 3,000 people in that moment. 3,000 people who had grown impatient, who would have just waited a little bit longer. That would not have happened. That would not have happened. Moses tries to make an atonement for their sin. He goes back up the mount. He says, God, let me make an atonement for the people that I was leading. Let me make an atonement for the people that went astray while I was up here with you, God. And God said, no. In the day that I punish those, I will blot them from my book. All for being impatient. All for being impatient. And we fast forward. That was when the the Mosaic Covenant was built and the tabernacle was built. And we fast forward to the days of King David in First Chronicles chapter 16. We see tabernacle worship was put into place. It's where a lot of what you see in modern day came from that period, came from that moment. King David installed a lot of what we see and what we practice into worship in that moment. He put in practice as vocal and instrumental praise. They were ordered of the king. The Ark of Covenant was delivered into the tabernacle. And David left a powerful legacy behind. They said that David was a man after God's own heart for his worship and his praise. David's tabernacle led to the construction of the temple. Everything that David established in his tabernacle was carried over into the construction of the temple. They were focused on gazing on God's beauty. And it was an unprecedented worship order. Worship had always been contained to the things that could be offered on an altar. David established the tabernacle. It was introduced new avenues to worship God, such as instruments and songs. He brought in a new avenue to praise the Almighty King, the Almighty God. And it brought unity and made it possible for people to worship together. And God was in their midst. And then we fast forward and enter Jesus. 
And it's like at that very moment, everything changed. The way worship was done, the way He commanded us to worship God, it's changed. It all changed. And then we look and we ask the question, what happened when people's ideas got involved in worship once Jesus arrived? They began to use the temple as a marketplace, or as God would say, or Jesus would say, it was a den of thieves. A place that was sacred for prayer and worship had become a market for play, a market for place for greed and lying. Jesus began to disrupt this and turn over tables, saying, It is written that my house should be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. And it's the danger of not seeking God's will and direction for our worship. It's the danger of doing things the old way. It's the danger of coming on Sunday and leaving on Sunday. So we began to see the consequences of people's ideologies. We began to see what happened when the people would turn from instruction and do what they thought was right in the tabernacle and in the temple. Do you want to know how to continue to go in a circle in your worship and in your praise and in your life is don't seek the will of God. Don't seek the will of God for everything that you do. Don't seek the will of God in your life and as you go about your life. So Jesus enters and a new covenant is formed in worship. A new place of worship is formed and it's our lives. It's our hearts. Worship was always an act, a temple, a sacred place, a holy place. It was always somewhere where they went to perform a sacrifice. It was always somewhere where they went to perform something for God. And it was always a once a year atonement of sin, a Sunday experience. It was always something that they went once a time and sacrificed but it never got rid of what they did. It never got rid of what they were facing. There was always the remembrance of what they were facing. It was always just a Sunday experience. A people could live like they wanted all year and come and make a sacrifice to make everything right. They could live life however they felt and make it all right by a sacrifice at the temple. Why was this dangerous? Because they were never able to forget what they did. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 3, those sacrifices are an annual remembrance of what they did. An annual remembrance of what they did. In Hebrews chapter 10, it talks about the law is only a shadow of good things that are coming. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifice repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have cleansed once and for all and would no longer felt guilty for their sins. And what he's saying there is, as they bring their, their offering, as they bring their sacrifice, if they did it and it was perfect and it took care of everything, they would have only had to do it one time. 
They would have only had to make that offering or that sacrifice one time and it would have ceased. It would have took care of all the sins that they had faced. But no, the sacrifice once a year was not good enough for they remembered what they did. So there had to come a time when God offered the ultimate sacrifice. There had to come a time when God offered a sacrifice that could take care of us for the rest of our lives. There had to come a time when God would offer a sacrifice that would suffice all sin, that would suffice everything that we had ever done. So here we see we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Done, finute, finished, enter new covenant, enter relationship and enter your daily sacrifice to God. So what is worship? Where do we go from here? Where do we go when Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross for you and me? It is now not good enough to sacrifice once a year. It's not good enough to bring a burnt offering to the altar. It's no longer about a holy place as in a temple or a synagogue. It's not good enough to come once a week and expect your life to be set free. Everything changed the moment Calvary happened. Everything changed the moment He hung on the cross. Worship would never be the same. Worship would never be the same from day to day the moment Calvary happened. Life would never be the same. Your and my walk changed the day Jesus Christ gave the last blood offering. In Romans chapter 12, we see verse 1 through 3, Beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and not be not conformed to this world, but ye be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to God, according to as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. This tells me that life is not just about Sunday. Life is just not about me and you showing up to a place on Sunday and worshiping God and talking to God and then leaving the same way we came. Walking out the doors, leaving our worship in this place, leaving our worship here and not changing the way we live our life Monday through Saturday. Daily sacrifice is the worship that God desires. Our daily walk with Him is the worship that God desires from us. What do I do tomorrow on Monday when I get to a job that I don't want to be at? But God blessed me with that job. God gave that job to me. Am I going to sit there and pout? Man, I don't want to be here. Why do I have to be here? God said He would take care of me. Why do I need to be here? No. That's not what it's about. God, I'm here because you blessed me with this job. 
Today I stand here because you gave it to me. Today I'm going to honor you with my worship. I'm going to honor you with everything that's down inside me today. I didn't leave it at church yesterday. I came today to honor you with my worship. I wake up on Tuesday, and it's, it's been probably six months ago. I was at the grocery store, and there was this family in front of me. They were getting groceries, and I could see they had the bare minimum, and something pricked me. Something touched me and said, hey, pay for their groceries. And I was going through a tough time at that moment with my business. My business was failing, and we were struggling. And I, I kind of kicked back, and I said, God, well, I don't really have the means to take care of theirs and provide for my table. And God pricked me again. He said, take care of their groceries. Can you honor me by doing that? And I said, yes, God. So I took care of their groceries. And I may never see that family again, but I was obedient that day to what God asked me to do. So on Tuesday when you're in the grocery store and you see a family in need, sometimes worship will make you sacrifice your bread so that somebody else can eat. Sometimes worship will make you do something you're uncomfortable with so that somebody can see God through you. Sometimes your worship will force you to go into a place that you're not comfortable being so that somebody can see the light shining through your heart. On Wednesday, when I'm trying to make it through the week, I'm tired, I'm irritated at my coworkers. But the Holy Ghost taps you and says, why don't you go pray for them? Why don't you go grab them by the hand and lead them in prayer? You never know what somebody is facing. You never know what somebody's going through that could cause them to get angry with you, that could cause them to cause strife between you and them. Can you obey the Holy Ghost to worship God by taking that person and saying, I want to pray for you right now. I don't know what it is you're facing. I don't know what it is you're going through. And I know we don't always see eye to eye, but I want to pray for you right now in this moment that God would lead you and guide you. Are you faithful enough to worship God in that way? On Thursday, when the Holy Ghost tells you to put the remote down, shut the music off, turn the lights out, and go to that place of prayer to stop everything you're doing, important or not, and go spend some time with Him in His Word and in prayer. On Friday, when you can almost taste the weekend, and that you know you're going to go out and have a good time with your friends, and God tells you, uh-uh, I don't want you going to that place. I don't want you going to that place with them. Oh, come on. It's not going to be that bad. God, my life is lived for you. What's one night going to hurt? What's this one night going to do to my relationship with you? Can you trust God and tell your friends, no, I don't do that anymore. I, I don't go to those places anymore. My life is different now. And it's nothing that you've done. It's nothing that, that, that you're doing or saying to me, but it's a life that I've been called to. It's a higher calling 
and I live my life for God and according to His will and His way. Saturday is your day of rest. You're off work. Some of you are off work. But it's your, your day of rest. I made it through the week. I got through. I'm going to rest. I'm going to sit here and just relax and enjoy the weekend. And there comes a text from pastor. Hey, we're up here working. Hey, we're about to go pass out some flyers. We're about to go out into our neighborhood and try to reach our community and show them the love that I have for them. Is your worship strong enough to say, God, I will sacrifice the next two hours. I know I'm tired. I've worked hard all week. I've worked hard all week, but I will take the next two hours and I will go help. I will go help hand out flyers in my community. I will go help. I will give of myself to reach more lost people. And then we get back to Sunday. Here we are in the house of God. Have you poured out of yourself this past week? Have you given of yourself on Monday? Have you obeyed God on Tuesday? Have you spent time with Him on Wednesday? Have you prayed on Thursday? Have you denied yourself on Friday? Have you helped on Saturday? No. Well, I meant to. My intentions were good this week, God. I'm, I meant to go help. I wanted to pray for that person. I, I wanted to take that family to lunch like you told me to. But I, I, I just got busy, God. I just forgot. I know you told me to do it, but I had bills due, God. I had things I needed to take care of. And God's sitting there like, I asked you to pour out of yourself this week because you didn't know what I was going to bring into your life next week. I ask you to worship me with your daily life because you didn't know what I was going to do for you on Monday. I asked you to go out and help that family do that for me. But you were too busy for me. You were too busy for me with your life. You were too busy for me with your family. The grave is full of good intentions. The cemetery is full of people that were going to do something for God. The grave is full of songs that were never written to worship Him. The grave is full of messages that were never preached because they didn't have time for God. Am I speaking to anybody today? I know it's tight and I know it's quiet, but this is what God told me to speak about today. And I'm just being obedient to Him. We wonder why we can't get the deliverance from things and why we are struggling with anger, depression, family, temptations, can't seem to get ahead, always behind can't seem to do anything right 
we come back to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I'll skip this Sunday. I'm tired. And then we come back the next Sunday and I'm still full from a message I heard 15 years ago. I'm still full from a message pastor preached a week ago. I'm still full from a Bible study I set on Wednesday or Tuesday or Thursday night. I'm still full for a word that was spoken into me that I was supposed to give off on Monday. I'm still full from a word that was spoken into my life that I was supposed to give to somebody on Wednesday. And I show up to church on Sunday and I can't worship God because I'm too full from the last week. Because I never poured out of myself. It's time that we get our worship back on track. It's time that we pour out of ourselves day after day, not just on Sunday. It's time that we pour out of ourselves on Monday through Saturday. Young man, young lady, I ask that the children would stay in here today on purpose as they're about to go back to school. How you represent God in school will set a precedence in your life. Will you be a light to a hurting student? Will you start a Bible study with your team? Young lady, will you start a Bible study with a cheerleader squad? Or will God stay in church where you can resume Him on Sunday? Will you hang God in a locker when you get to school? Put Him up, lock your locker, and say, God, I'll pick you up on Friday. God, I'll get you back out on Friday. There are many hurting people in our schools. There are many hurting children in our schools. There are many hurting families that you can affect by helping one student with the love of God. In your work, in your jobs, in your career, every person you come across is a soul that you can affect with your worship. Every person you come in contact with is a person that you can affect with your worship. What will you do with your worship? And where is your priorities with your worship? Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I die daily. I wake up and give my heart to you, God, daily. Not just on Sundays, not when I get back to church, but tomorrow when I wake up, God, before I pick up my phone and I look at Facebook, before I pick up my phone and I see who messaged me, God, I commit my life to you right now. I just woke up, so everything I'm going to face is in front of me. Everything I'm going to face is still here. So God, I give you my life, I give you my will, and I pray that you would guide me today Because only today is my worship good enough. Tomorrow when I wake up, before I look at my phone, before I get up and have my coffee, God, I commit my life to you right now. I commit my worship to you right this very moment.
so that when I go out to my job, when I go out to the bus, when I go out to my work, when I go out to eat lunch, your light will be shining through me today. Each day I'm going to face a new battle to test my faith. And there's two outcomes to that. I will go with my own selfish nature and I will try to fight the battle. I will try to go about the day in my own strength, in my own ways. Well, I've been through this before, God. I know how it turned out last time. I can do it this time. I can change it. It didn't turn out well last time, but I faced this before. Now I, now I know how to do it. No, no, that's not how it works. When you wake up and face that battle, will you give it to God? Will you trust God to lead you through that battle? Where is your worship? Where is your worship? Are you going to leave here today? You're going to hang up the jacket. You're going to hang up the cloak. As you walk out those doors. And God's standing here saying, Please, please take me with you out of this place. I'm so tired of being stuck in these four walls. I'm tired of seeing you hurting day after day. I'm tired of seeing you try to fight these battles that were never meant for you to fight. I'm tired of seeing you go out to your job and struggle with people. Where are you going to take me? Are you going to leave me in this building? God forbid. Does it stop when you are faced with difficult situations? Does your worship get put on the back burner when somebody makes you mad? Hold on, God, I got to deal with this situation. My attitude needs to deal with this, not you, God. Does your worship get placed on the back burner when you get a bad report from the doctor? Does your worship get put on the back burner when you get to work and you no longer have a job? Does your worship get put on the back burner when you show up to school on Monday and somebody's telling you, why do you worship Him? Why do you live for God? Are you going to put him behind you and say, God, I can handle this? Who am I speaking to today? When will you take God away from Sunday? When will you take God out of this building and take him with you day after day after day, after day, after day. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy road. It's not going to be a, an easy path. You're going to get made fun of. People are going to talk down about you. People are going to talk bad about you. 
But will you stand in the face of adversity and say, God is with me. And today I'm going to worship you no matter what. Today I'm going to give you everything that's down inside me no matter what. It doesn't matter what I face. Doesn't matter what I go through. God, I take you with me to go before me. Or no, I'll be back next Sunday. It's okay. I'll be back next Sunday. I'll worship God again next Sunday. It's all right. Almost two weeks ago, a young man that I had the privilege of knowing, and I pray that I was an influence on his life. His name was John Butler. He had just got back from a missions trip and he had just been baptized and him and his friends were hanging out downtown doing something they probably should have been doing and the young man fell 11 stories to his death it's not good enough people to say I will be back next Sunday it's not good enough to say, God, I'll be back for you. Just wait here. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Will you stand in the midst of trials and say, God, this may be tough. This may hurt. Friends may make fun of me. People may talk about me. I may lose a loved one. I may lose my friends. I may have to stay a few more hours. I may have to sacrifice my day. I may have to get uncomfortable. But God, here I am. Here I stand. My arms are open. My mind is open. My heart is open. My life is yours. I worship you in front of my adversary. I worship you in the middle of my problems. And God, when I come out on the other side, I will still be worshiping you. God, when I come out on the other side, when you bring me through that valley, I'm going to worship you in the valley. And God, I'm going to worship you on the other side of the valley. When you carry me over the mountain because I don't have the strength to keep climbing. God, I'm going to worship you every step of the way. And God, when I get to the top of the mountain, I'm going to still worship you. Where is your worship? Where is your worship? 
where is your worship today? Do you have the strength to take it out of this building? Do you have the boldness to proclaim him on Monday? Do you have the boldness to proclaim him on Tuesday? I know this message is simple. I know it's easy and I know it's short, but there's a strong word to be said here today. Take God out of these doors. Take him in your car. Take him to your jobs. Take him to your school. Take him out of this place. He desires to be with you every day of your life. 